0: Gabe, you know why I'm excited? Why are you excited, Zach? <laughs> uh, I'm always excited. It is 70 degrees outside right right now. I think
1: this is the first time I've ever spoken to you where it is warmer where you are than it is where I am.
0: I I'm going to brag about it, and I'll be honest with you. I uh, I'm planning on grilling tonight. <laughs> As you should. Uh, oh man, yeah. I, I I stocked up on groceries this weekend, so I'm I'm good to go. But I will absolutely be grilling outside tonight.
1: Well, I, I'm just happy that you're able to do that, my friend. It, just, I, it pleases me greatly.
0: I that makes me happy. But um, in all seriousness, though, I, I feel like we have to be careful talking about the weather because the last thing I think we need this podcast to become is you know a bunch of bunch of old guys <laughs> talking about how hot it is outside, how cold it is. Well, as the resident old guy, I I can say yes. I do not
1: want this podcast to become about the weather. So,
0: oh man, that's, that's well the verge. Well, uh, what do you have planned for the week, Gabe? For the week? Ooh,
1: um, nothing too terribly exciting. Uh, coming off of Easter last weekend, my main goal is just to keep my kids from inhaling the insane amount of sugar and treats that they got over said Easter weekend. So that is my main goal this week is to keep my kids out of a pre-diabetic coma from all of the
0: sugar that uh, that is in my house right now. Did you uh, did you get that shipped to your house, or did you uh, get it by one of those new uh, Walmart drones?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got it shipped by the grandma drone. It's it's where grandma comes and just drops off piles of sugar at your at your house for your children.
0: That's, oh man, that's, that's how I'm, it rolls at my house right now. I must be missing out then. <laughs> it's it's funny though because I, I joke about the drone, but uh, that's that's something I've been seeing a lot on TikTok lately, and I finally just had to Google it. Like, is this an actual thing? And it turns out just last fall, Walmart began uh, piloting the drone delivery program and it's launching to people now. So everyone's you know, buying things, getting it shipped to them by drone. And they're now showing these videos of these drones coming to their house and dropping these packages. And, and to be honest, I'm a little jealous it's not available where I live.
1: <laughs> I don't think it's available where I live either. I definitely have not seen any drones, Walmart drones flying around my, my neighborhood. That sounds completely insane. Like I, not, I can't believe that it's actually a thing.
0: It's 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 not too insane, but I really want to know like, what do you need that bad that you can't, you know, drive the five minutes? Or maybe that's just, you know, me talking about my free time. Why why can't people drive the five minutes to to the grocery store?
1: Man, getting in the car, going all the way down there to the grocery store that seems like a lot of effort. I'd I'd much rather just have stuff delivered to my house. Oh man,
0: the the wind in my town would have that package in the next town over anyway. <laughs> That's a good point, but uh, that's that's enough about Walmart, uh, Gabe. What do what do we have on the agenda today?
1: Well, great question. So we are excited to be back with you all for episode two. We this is episode two of Easy we made course. it. We made it, man. We made it. Despite you know our better judgment, we are here for episode two. So very excited to be back. We had a really good time. I very much appreciate all of the positive feedback. That we got from episode one just thanks for thanks to everybody for listening it was way more fun than i expected it to be to be to be perfectly honest with you um really enjoyed talking to zach and i hope it was a good conversation so the just as kind of a a brief recap you know we didn't we didn't actually talk about this a whole lot on our last episode um around why why are we doing this uh besides the fact that it is just fun to get together and talk with zach what we really want this Podcast to be is Zach and I both work in the in the broadband industry. We work with broadband telecommunication service providers. That's kind of our day job. And the broadband industry is a recurring revenue business. Uh, it's it's a a business where people are, you know, giving you the same, you know, giving you money every month for a service that is being delivered to your house. And the we really feel like we can take some of the other technology companies that exist out in the broader world and hopefully apply that, tell some of those stories and apply that back to the broadband industry specifically. And today we're going to be talking about Amazon is, is our kind of main topic for the day. But in future episodes, we're going to be talking about Netflix. Uh, we're going to be looking at other, tele, at other technology companies to see how the way that they run their business can be applied to... The businesses that the business that we work in, and how marketers specifically can think about using the information that they know about their customers to improve the overall experience and to market better. So that was a long intro. Apologies for the, the, the long introduction there, Zach. But I wanted to kind of set the stage for you know what what this podcast is going to be, this episode specifically, but just kind of what we're trying to do with this with the, with
0: the podcast overall. Anything you'd like to add to that? Oh man. I, I was just thinking back of when I signed up for Amazon, you know, I was on, I was on the uh, college plan. It was 50 bucks a month. And I feel like now I'm just living off, you know, free trials of Amazon prime.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You were telling me this yesterday when we were talking uh, that you just go through and do the, do the free trials. I feel like that's a classic. I've got more time on my hands because I'm, you know, you're in your mid-20s and you don't have the distractions of children and a wife and, you know, all of these other things. Whereas I'm at the point now where it's just the convenience of paying for Amazon Prime way outweighs the amount of money that I'm actually, you know, that I'm that I'm actually paying for that service. It's 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 just not even a close thing to not having Amazon Prime and trying to live without it.
0: It's it's funny you say that because I I had to look back and I honestly don't use Amazon that much. I use it now. I have a trial right now as, as we speak because I recently bought some stuff and, you know, it said, you know, get two-day delivery with the uh, Amazon Prime trial. It was actually one-day delivery. I have, uh, have one-day delivery in my town. But uh, so I'm, I'm on this trial and I'm, you know, I'm back on Prime video. I've been streaming a lot of content, but I really don't buy too much stuff from Amazon. If I'm going to go out and buy something, I'll typically, you know, as I said, go out and drive until the drones come. So it's kind of interesting, you know, I've had an Amazon Prime account now for probably seven years, but I feel like half of those I haven't actually paid for the account.
1: Yeah, I'm just I'm just full on in with, with Amazon at this point. And that's one of the reasons we, were, we actually talked about this topic for the podcast. So something happened to me a week or two ago where I was sitting in my office and I have a, an Amazon Alexa device in here. And I had to put her on mute so she doesn't uh, try and talk through this entire podcast. So she's on mute right now. But I got this little alert that popped up, just a little notification. And my Alexa started blinking yellow. And so I asked Alexa, what are my notifications? And she said, it looks like it's about time to order your vitamins. And I kind of went... Well, is that wow. the, is
0: that the Flintstone vitamins you've got the gummy ones?
1: <laughs> yes, the chewable ones. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, you, know, you know, I'm like, you know, like I said, Zach, I'm getting a little older. You know, I got to make sure that I'm taking care of myself, and you know, part of that is a, a daily vitamin routine, right? So the, I it it kind of surprised me because I went like, whoa, okay, this this is first. I was a little bit creeped out. I'm like, wow, how does Amazon know how that it's time to order vitamins? And what was really trippy about time to order vitamins. Like I, I'd actually thought about it earlier that day when I'd gone to take my daily vitamin and there were three or four left in the package. I went, oh man, I really got to place another order for that. And then later on that day, it pops up that, hey, you know, it's about time to order. Then I started thinking about it and I went, well, I've been ordering these on a pretty regular cadence from Amazon for probably two years. So they have all of this information about me and my ordering patterns in history. And so now they can start to serve up content to me that is relevant, very relevant for this particular situation. And it actually was a really nice customer experience, even though you know you could look at it and go like, oh man, this is a little bit creepy that they're looking at this data and then, you know, effectively serving me an ad right through this device that I have sitting in my home. In this case, it was actually incredibly convenient because it reminded me that I needed to order this particular thing and, Ordered it and you know one day or two days later whatever it is not a
0: drone but an
1: actual person came and dropped it off at my
0: house. It was pretty amazing. That's that's pretty cool. And I, I logged into my Amazon account uh, just last night actually, and I was looking at looking at uh, the different options I had. And one thing I think that I thought was pretty cool was on the recommendations page. You know, you mentioned that they recommended these vitamins to you. You can actually go back and see what you've bought, and there's a little checkbox, and you can actually allow Amazon to recommend. That product, or recommend similar products to that product, which I thought was pretty cool too.
1: Oh, that is cool. I hadn't noticed that. That's an interesting
0: an interesting uh, use case there as well. Yeah. So if you don't, you know, if you don't want to get the, the vitamin recommendation, uh, you know, twelve months from now, you can check that box off, and Amazon will find something else to recommend.
1: I was talking to my wife last night. We we're talking about you know what we were going to discuss today, and we've we've very much become a Whole Foods household with a food food getting delivered to our house pandemic hit you know obviously we weren't going to the grocery store and we got very used to having groceries just dropped off at the house and so i was talking to her about you know that you know just I, I can't imagine going back to a situation now where we have to like you know go get in the car and go drive down to the grocery store and do the whole thing it just seems like a gigantic pain
0: i'm and having... afraid to try that because i feel like you know Gabe, uh... Being, being remote, I feel like if I didn't go out and buy groceries, I feel like I could I could go, you know, months on months without leaving my house at that point.
1: I mean, I feel like I pretty much have done that at this point. But it's, uh, yeah. Living insane. your best life. Absolutely, man. Living my best life in my little outdoor office with food being delivered to me. It's wonderful. But it is really convenient, especially when, especially when you have kids and you don't want to drag them to the grocery store and, you know, everything that goes along with that. So, you know, just being able to have that stuff, you know, quickly delivered to your home is a really nice convenience. And she was telling me that when she's going through the whole foods, the whole foods ordering process through Amazon, it's, it does the same thing like you're talking about with the recommendations. Um, she was saying that, uh, that there were these cookies that she bought a couple of times. And now whenever she goes and places an order, it does the, did you, did you forget the cookies? (laughs) You know, and kind of like, Hey, do that do a nice little gentle reminder of, uh, Hey, maybe you need to order those cookies.
0: Oh man. um, I, I get the same thing. So I'm not using whole foods. I don't have a whole foods in my town. um, Sadly, I guess. (laughs) Um, But like on, on the Walmart app, that's typically what I use. I I like to use the Walmart pay when I check out and everything. Uh, But I did a grocery pickup just on Sunday. But when I went to check out, you know, there was that last page on the checkout process that said, did you forget or like mm -hmm. buy again? And it had some, some items I had previously bought and I didn't have in my list that time. So I thought it was pretty cool that, you know, Amazon or Walmart in this case, they keep an eye on me. You know, they want to make sure I'm <laughs> I'm buying and stuff that I don't forget.
1: And obviously that's a way sales, you know, that's not, they're not doing it out of the kindness of their hearts to make sure. You don't oh, definitely. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it is pretty convenient too, that they are reminding you, it's like, oh man, I did forget that thing, you know, and, and having it, Just top of mind, you know, in that recently purchased, I I actually think is really helpful. And that's where I think, you know, it's yes, they are using the information that they know about me from all of this purchase history, but it's doing it in a way that's actually making my experience a lot more
0: convenient and easy to continue to do business with them. Speaking of that experience, Gabe, I want to shift in, and focus a little bit on Amazon's uh, tactics they use. You know, they have quite a few. One of them being, honestly, their, their SEO is fantastic. Um, when we started this podcast, you know, I, I needed to get some podcast equipment. You know, I needed my microphone and everything. So I go off to Google, you know, I, I type in podcast microphone. The number one result <laughs> was Amazon. You know, there's that podcast microphone section on Amazon. And the cool thing too was when I actually narrowed what product I wanted to buy down, I typed that product name into Google and the top result was, you know, product company. And then that second result was Amazon.
1: It's pretty wild that they can be that high f- up from an SEO perspective. I mean, they obviously do a really, really getting people back into the Amazon website, which I know we're gonna talk about later. Uh, and is not my favorite website. But I, I feel like they, we. I
0: feel like we should touch on that, Gabe, because I feel like you to had it? some. You right. had some very strong language about the Amazon website yesterday.
1: I did. the web is, The Amazon website is trash. <laughs> it's really, really bad. And I said this to you, not really knowing what your reaction was going to be. And I was happy to hear that you agreed with me that it is. It, it's really bad. It's. Honestly, very difficult to navigate around. And I think it's one of the funniest things about Amazon is that with how successful of an organization they are, that their website is, it's just kind of a free for all. Like it's so difficult to find things. And unless you're searching for a specific product, but like I even, I uh, coming off of tax time, tax, tax day was yesterday. uh, We had to, you know, file our taxes. And so we just go onto Amazon and buy TurboTax every year. And I've done it for like four years in a row. And I swear it, it takes me, I'm like ashamed to admit this, but it probably takes me 15 to 20 minutes every year to go find out where I need to download the, uh, the TurboTax software after I've purchased it, because it's so difficult to navigate around the Amazon
0: website. It's such a bad website. And and I, I love that you pointed that out um because a company the size of Amazon you know they they definitely have the talent to fix that problem but the problem too is and i think of this coming from a website redesign project of my own but how do you redesign a website that in Amazon's case you know they have millions of daily active users so <laughs> you're affecting a lot of people if you redesign that website but at what point do you just look at that mess and say this is enough
1: it it's got to be a difficult thing and i'm sure that's why they haven't done it but, you know, they just keep buying all of these different solutions. And it kind of feels Frankenstein-y where everything's just kind of attached onto the side without a real cohesive plan, you know, as to
0: how they're bringing it all together. Oh, um, man. Am- Amazon Prime Video is, is probably, you know, the definition of what you just described. You know, they just slapped it onto the website. Because lately I've been watching, you know, on my free Amazon trial, I've been watching the TV show House which is a, a medical drama uh, from a few years ago. But to find an episode, you know, I go to Amazon and like I type in house and like it shows up like as a product, you know, then it says like watch now and I can go in and find the episode. But when I compare that to like the experience I have on Netflix and Hulu, it's, it's not even like in the same industry at that point.
1: No, no. And I know, I know we're going to talk about Netflix and uh, they have, Today. But you know the user interface is substantially better than than the Amazon interface. I think I don't think there's any there's any question about that. Now I know we did want to talk about some things that Amazon does really well, specifically around user generated content and reviews. I'd be very curious to hear your thoughts, especially you know being uh, being a younger person who has grown up with Amazon just kind of always being there and reviews being always. Very accessible for you to be able to understand what other people's experience has been with products or services that you're looking at buying.
0: Yeah, Gabe. So I think this is interesting because you know I'm going to ask you a question in a few minutes, (laughs) but when I go to buy a product, I'm definitely looking at the reviews. You know how many how many people reviewed it? What's the rating? You kind of have to take a combination of the two. And and I saw this joke on the internet last week, and it said something like, "Which product would you rather buy? Product A." which has, you know, 75 reviews, five star, right? Or product B, which has, you know, 2,000 reviews and maybe three and a half star rating. And and for me, I'm going to that product B, you know, 3,000 people, three and a half star review, not bad. I I can trust that.
1: I think that's something that really surprised me as I started to look at Amazon reviews more is how much I lean towards the volume versus just the rating you know with amazon because they sell so many things oftentimes you'll have thousands potentially even tens of thousands of reviews and we were going we were going to buy a new car seat for our daughter uh, a couple of months ago and so i was looking at different options and there was one four and a half stars and i think had 12 or 13000 reviews and it's like all right well clearly i'm going with that one you know it, it's just when you get to this volume of reviews it makes it so much more trustworthy that you're you know getting some of those outliers
0: out of it and that it's actually going to be a high quality product and, and that kind of brings me back to the question I wanted to ask you Gabe is have you ever actually left an Amazon review
1: I think I did once and I
0: honestly can't
1: remember what it was for <laughs> <laughs> but it I think it was something kid related because I had read the reviews of whatever I had bought. And it actually was really helpful in determining whether I was going to buy this thing for, I'm guessing it was probably my son, I don't even remember. And so I think I did go back and actually write a review, but I have probably only done it maybe once, but I will definitely read them when I'm going through and trying to decide if I wanna buy
0: buy something. Absolutely, I have never written an, an Amazon review. I don't even know how, you know, some people upload photos, which I love too, I love going on and seeing like the actual product photos. But uh, I have never once, you know, commented like, fantastic product, A plus, would buy again, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I now you got me racking my brain. I'm going to have to go back and look to see if I actually have done it. But I feel oh, like man. I've got, I feel like there's
0: one review out there attached to game. i'm I'm gonna go find it but i feel like i feel like tonight game i'm gonna be sitting at my house and like break out the laptop and look at my amazon history and start writing reviews i mean that
1: would be really nice of you they some of them are generally very helpful you know people get into an insane amount of detail about these products that they buy
0: oh man maybe maybe there's a spot on the website where you can review the website as a whole i haven't actually (laughs) seen that yet
1: that would be bad because they definitely don't want that feedback
0: Oh man. and and speaking of user generated content and and reviews, that's that's really a, another thing I wanted to talk about today was you know speaking of reviews, maybe off Amazon, maybe maybe Google too. But I think there's a a lot of value into including those reviews that you get that feedback from people into either your website, um, maybe your advertising as a whole too. Um you know I, I, I came from a bank and and we did this big website redesign project. And one of the comments from our CEO was, cool like i can see the website tells me this is a great bank but but what does everyone else say you know like what is what is the common person saying about this bank so what i ended up doing was i built a uh, on the bottom of the website basically a testimonials page <laughs> and it's this little little section on the site and uh, it scrolls through different reviews that i pulled from google i pulled them from facebook so that way when someone's scrolling through the website you know they get to the bottom of the page and it's like oh you know Uh, here's some actual feedback from actual customers too. So I think there's a lot of value to showcasing that feedback you get, um, either on your website or your social media, wherever that may be, but giving people the opportunity to go back and see what someone else is saying about your, your business, about your product. Yeah, it's huge.
1: you know that advocacy marketing is something that people really
0: trust i mean
1: there's there's no question about that when other people are saying that this is a good product or service just like we were talking about with the amazon example you know much more likely that somebody's actually going to go through and make a purchase and i love what you did you know around integrating that directly into the website i think that's huge and and there's some great ways to do this you know it, if if you're somebody like Zach who, you know, can write a little bit of, who's a little bit more comfortable around coding and, you know, doing some of that, you can certainly put something custom together. There's some other great tools. I've seen one called Tag Embed, uh, and we'll, <clears throat> we'll, even, we'll leave a link to this in, in notes uh, after the show. That's a great tool that I've that I've used. And it pulls in Google reviews, can pull in other reviews from social, Facebook, those sorts of things as well. And just automatically, you know, put that into a little widget on your website. You know, having that just scrolling list of, hey, here's all of the happy people that are, you know, very happy with their decision can be very, very powerful for getting somebody else to to ultimately make a purchase.
0: And Gabe, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. And this is really a, a tip for anyone listening, but Another way you can use these reviews, and this is something I've done in the past that we saw a lot of success with, is we just took a straight up screenshot of the review and we put it into, you know, we I was using Adobe Illustrator, but I put it into Adobe and then we wrote a handwritten response to that review and we published that on Facebook. So it was this, you know, five-star review, uh, great people, great product, whatever that text was at the time. And then we actually wrote a handwritten response. So not only were we, you know, highlighting this review and responding to it. But we were really kind of beginning to use that as an ad. You know, we, we not only responded to the review, but we we went out and uh, published that on Facebook.
1: Oh, that's great. I love that. Yeah, and, and it's, as you get more of this content, then you can start to really use it in other places as well. Not just on the website, but as you said, on social. I've certainly worked with some customers, who so I think have done a really, really good job of that as well. You know, taking that, putting it into a template and then using it on social posts, and that just continues to validate that this is a great company to work to work with. The other question that I think we both get asked a lot is, you know, how do you get reviews? You know, wh- one of the things I would highly recommend from a Google review perspective, if you go into, go into your Google My Business page, you can get a direct link that you can send to people so that you're just making it very easy for them to leave a review. So if you get a great you know, if you if you have a great experience with a customer, if they're telling, if they've told you that they had a great experience through some sort of follow up, go ahead, them with that direct link, and just make it super easy for them to take that positive comment that they've given to you and put it online specifically in Google. Because not all reviews are created equal, and I think a Google review is probably one of the best ones that you can get because it really helps with SEO. It really helps your Google My Business listing. There's just a bunch of really nice benefits that you get out of having. A num, you know, a large number of Google reviews, and you can make it very easy for people by just sending them that direct link so that they can input that information.
0: And Gabe, I want to say this, this came from you, but I, I seem to remember a story of uh, someone had some maintenance done on their house or a plumber was at their house or something. But once, once the guy left, they received a text message with the uh, link to, to review everything. Was was that you by chance? It was, that? that was me. Yes. I was, a I had, I had, Yeah. As, as you said,
1: it was a plumber. He came to my house. I had to have some work done and they came, he comes to my house. It was a really slick interface is right before he showed up, I got a text message that said, you know, so-and-so's on their way. This is some details about this person. This is what they look like. Uh, you know, they're going to be there in 15 minutes. Guy came. I I love that. (laughs) Oh, it was great. It was, it was such a good customer experience because it gave me, you know, rather than, Oh, they're going to be there from eight to noon. You know, I mean, I'm on calls, you know, I got stuff going on. It was so great just to get that quick notification. They're like, oh, okay, cool. In 15 minutes, this guy's going to be here. I need to be ready to be able to have a conversation with him. And it also created kind of a personal connection with this person, even before they showed up at my house of, oh, I can see what they look like. And, you know, I know a little bit of information about them. It actually included some information about, you know, John's been working in this industry for 15 years and, you know, is constantly staying up on all of the latest information. I can't remember all the things it said, but it just it was it was really well done. And you could tell it was completely automated. And I remember looking into it after they left, actually. And there was a whole there's a whole software program that that, um, I actually called them up. I remember calling them. And saying, I'm sorry, I realize this is probably the weirdest phone call you're going to get this entire week, but I've got to ask you, what software tool do you use to communicate with your customers? And the woman on the other end was very nice and very kind and shared it all with me, which I thought was cool. But uh, anyway, the, but you're to close off on that story, you're exactly right. When he left, he also sent a text message immediately that linked back directly to Google facebook and there was one other website i can't remember what it was like a local business listing or something and so again they just made it super easy for me to leave a good review and because of that i left a review and i left a, a good review because they just made it so easy for me to do so i thought that was brilliant and a great way that i think broadband service providers because absolutely leverage a tool like that oh totally i was i was going to mention that <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you have a technician going to somebody's house to do an install or do a repair or something like that. It that's very portable over from you know that type of solution.
0: Absolutely, and Gabe, and, and to your point on BSPs, you know, we we talk to BSPs every day, but I remember just hearing you talk about this solution, and I thought, you know, it's pretty cool that not only do you know who's coming to your house and know when to, but I imagine at that point the the experience of when they actually arrived at your house, you know, that technician, whoever that may be. It was pretty positive from that point.
1: Very. I mean it was a, it was a really it was just a really positive experience all the way through. And it's because they thought about the journey that I was going to go through with this person, you know, as they were, you know, doing the thing that they needed. If this was the case, it was snaking a line to see if there were any issues with it. They had to put the little camera down there and check it out. But, you know, it was, the guy was here for maybe 10 minutes, but, you know, it was such a a positive experience. It's six months later and I'm still talking about it.
0: And, and to that point, Gabe, you know, six months later, if you needed to um, have additional work done, would you call that same company? hundred
1: percent. And in fact, I actually need to give them a call because I do need to have some work done. And yes, because of that really positive experience that I had, I'm, Hundred, hundred hundred, percent. They're going to be the first call that I make.
0: I and feel like the only call. I feel like uh, Alexa over here reminding you to, to do something.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you're totally right. And, and you know, it, it's, it's just leveraging that tech. That's right. To go back to the beginning of this conversation, we were talking about the purpose of the podcast. It's thinking about how we can leverage technology to improve that customer experience. And I think in this case, you know, in the case of Amazon reminding me that I needed to order vitamins or, you know, this person coming to my house and having that really positive experience through that entire journey. It's just leveraging technology and leveraging data and insight about your customers to create those incredibly valuable moments to create long-term customer lifetime
0: value. And and speaking of the customer again, Gabe, I know you had an example of um, something Whole Foods had, had done when they added a delivery fee.
1: Yeah, I wanted to... You were mentioning walmart earlier and i think something that walmart has done really intelligently is they have realized that whole foods is their biggest competitor as it relates to home delivery of groceries and late last year whole foods added a surcharge of 995 for any order and right when that got announced Walmart did a very aggressive marketing campaign I saw a bunch of ads on it they were really pushing it aggressively to base to what they were what they said was you know basically whole, without naming Whole Foods anybody who charges you 995 to deliver groceries to your house ripping you off is effectively what they said and to sweeten the pot we'll give you a discount of 995 on your first, on your first delivery so they were very specific and thoughtful about what is whole foods charging for this let's give a discount and try and get people to you know flip over to to our solution they've also gotten even more aggressive now with uh the comments that they make under their i think it's walmart is it like walmart plus god i feel like everybody has a, walmart, the, has a, a subscription has a plus, yeah <laughs> yeah has a plus service now right disney plus walmart plus everything but under the details of that of that program, they also call out that there's no minimum order fee, which is something that Whole Foods has. You have to order $35 minimum, minimum, if you even want them to deliver it. That's regardless of the $995 fee or, or you know, not. You're paying that $995 regardless. And you have to have a $35 minimum fee. Walmart doesn't have that. And so they're again, you know, without calling out Whole Foods specifically, without naming their competitor, but they're being very specific about you know, we don't have this minimum fee. I think that's really smart. They've just done a very good job of, you know, of going after some of the things that Whole Foods has, has done um, to, you know, try and acquire
0: acquire customers from Whole Foods and get them switched over to their solution. And it's funny, we're talking about like groceries and stuff, but we've gotten to a point where I really see these these two companies, you know, Walmart and Whole Foods, Walmart specifically in this case, but they've kind of adapted the the tech company mindset. Yeah, Walmart and, is very much a tech company at this point. And it's funny because when I... I, I try not to carry cash on me. <laughs> I, I haven't used cash probably since, I would say, almost high school at this point. Um, but with, with Walmart, you know, if I'm not using a digital wallet, I, I tend to use their app. And not to, like, totally plug this app, but one of the cool things with the Walmart Plus subscription you mentioned well you can scan items right off the shelf and then it adds them to your app and then when you go to checkout, instead of you know running everything through the self checkout or what have you you just scan a little QR code with your phone and you can leave that's that's how you pay for all those items you scan so i think that's pretty cool you know as a benefit just improving that customer experience you know like i feel like i see this a lot with my friends but it's like if i'm buying groceries I don't want to have to talk to anyone, you know. Like I don't, I don't want to stand in the checkout lane. So being able to scan that item right off the shelf, it's it's a fantastic experience. And and one thing with that too is I just noticed this today. Um, I I don't subscribe to Walmart Plus, so don't don't think I'm plugging this. But I noticed that if you do sign up, you can get six months of Spotify for free. <laughs> and and Spotify has nothing to do with grocery shopping, but I I just love the added benefit of hey, you know sign up and, and get all these fantastic benefits. Plus we'll throw in Spotify.
1: <laughs> I wonder if that is somewhat of a competitive, you know, competitive tactic against like an Amazon, pre, you know, an Amazon music service, you know, because if you're part of Amazon Prime, you're getting, ben- you know, you get benefits at Whole Foods, you get discounts and you get Amazon Music. I wonder if they're like, you know what, this is a way for us to kind of fill that gap. Um, I didn't realize that about the Spotify premium either. It's, it's a nice benefit, um, you know, to get six months of, of Spotify premium included there as well. But I wonder if they're trying to kind of create this holistic service that actually is a direct competitor to Amazon, you know, even though, you know, it, it, with Amazon having their hands in so many different things with music and, you know, video and all of those other things as well.
0: It's it's funny because I saw that Spotify ad, and a piece of me was like, oh, I, I could do that, you know, like six months of Spotify. But you know, I, I have Apple Music, so I'm I'm happy. <laughs> well,
1: nothing wrong with Spotify, man. Spotify it's, is a quality program as well. And, and I'm not trying to program,
0: plug. Man. I'm not trying to plug Apple Music. I feel like I'm just like <laughs> I feel like I'm advocating for all these different apps at this point. But uh, I I only have Apple Music because I use the uh, Apple HomePods in my house. So uh it's it's a lot more seamless with Apple Music than with Spotify. I i do miss Spotify occasionally, but um that's that's enough of me uh, plugging these apps.
1: <laughs> Unless they're gonna pay us to to talk about them and then you know maybe that's a problem for another day.
0: I'll 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 still you know criticize them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure we will. We're fair and balanced here at, at Is it Marketing. yeah we don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, I wanted to, you know, as we've been talking about, you know, kind of these different touch points that you can have with your customers and, you know, just kind of bringing it back to the broadband industry specifically, you know, this is why I think it's so important for broadband service providers to understand the data about their customers mm-hmm. so that they can personalize that experience. And I think it's something that we've seen, you know, Zach and in the industry that we work with and our clients is you know, there's more and more companies are using this information to personalize that experience. And is it about driving more revenue and, you know, more profit for the company? Absolutely. But it's not just about that. It's about providing a better and higher quality experience for the customer, much like the plumbing company that came to my house. Are they maybe a little bit more expensive than if I went with another company? Probably. But the experience that I had with them was so positive that I'm willing to pay a little bit of that premium because of it. And if broadband service providers are doing a good job of articulating that benefit to their customers, then they should be able to leverage you know, all of this information and data to personalize that experience as well.
0: Absolutely, Gabe. And, and I like the comment you made too, that um, I, I, I asked you use them again. And you said yes. You know? And, And and that's that's fantastic. Not only did you have a good experience, you're willing to use them again, but I imagine you've told several other people about this too. You know, now now people are kind of hearing about this as well and have this company on their minds.
1: I yeah, I I immediately went and told my neighbor because he's in the middle of this huge remodel project. So I talked to him about it. And then I actually even wrote an article about it because I had such a positive experience. (laughs) I mean, it really, it really struck me just because it was so such a unique, such a unique experience that it it really, yeah. I mean, I have told a bunch of people about it and, you know, we'll continue to tell people that, it's a great company and they should, you know, they should do it. That Getting back to that advocacy piece we were talking about earlier and, you know, Amazon reviews or Google reviews, you know, having somebody else not, the, that's not the company seeing the company's praises is so much more valuable than, you
0: know, that earned marketing is so much better than paid marketing. Absolutely, Gabe. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and Gabe, while I, I hate to cut you off, you know, it's, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you know it's it's seventy degrees here. I've I've got my uh, grill ready to go. But uh, next week we're gonna be talking a little bit about Netflix and retention strategy. So I'm pretty excited for that. But uh, I want to ask you, Gabe, what are you watching on Netflix these days?
1: So I got totally sucked into the Formula One Drive to Survive series, and I have never been a Formula One guy at all. But my goodness, that is a good program. And now I'm like recording formula one races in you know bahrain at six o'clock in the morning on a sunday so i can watch them later and my son really likes them too so he's this is that we've definitely uh, started to bond over the f1 stuff the other thing on the f on f1 that i did not realize until i started watching it there's no commercials they just put the race on and it just goes for like an hour and a half or two hours it's amazing there's there's almost nothing on i mean there's nothing on tv now that doesn't have commercials except F one, it's fantastic.
0: So, I, highly recommend I know, that program. I don't know if that's a good thing. Is is there just no advertising revenue there? Or am I going to get all the the hate from the the F one fans now? But who's who's watching this besides Gabe?
1: Uh, I I think there's been a pretty significant uplift in the people watching F one. Well, and the cars themselves are basically you know driving advertisements right and there's advertisements all over the track and you know all of that stuff right so don't worry f1 is doing fine i think they're making plenty of money but yeah it's wild the first time i recorded a race and i was watching it and i'm like where are the commercials it's just there's there's none it's insane
0: it's actually really funny you mentioned that i saw this uh, this meme on instagram a while back you know me i i've got all the memes saved but it was talking about uh, basically the future of these these races if everyone's using like an ev because a lot of people go to these these races and it's loud you know there's these engines and everything and suddenly it's just quiet you've got like the the noise of tires on a track and the uh electric motor
1: <laughs> they're gonna have to figure out some way to you know create the noise because i i do feel like that's a big aspect of it you know when you're watching to hear the cars coming around the corner you know revving up and revving down yeah that'll be interesting to see what happens with that if they, you know, do move to fully electric, electric motors? Cause you're right. I mean, you know, the Tesla drives up next to you and, you know, hits the gas and it just silently drives away. You know, it's not, not it's not that fun.
0: Oh man. I, I love it.
1: <laughs> well, I know you're dying for a Tesla. So, you know, hopefully someday
0: that'll, th- that'll be you. Well, I'll, I'll let you know when, uh, when I do decide to buy one, but, uh, you know, if you want to find out what I'm watching on Netflix, or maybe, um, if you want to find out whether or not I actually am paying for Netflix, like I am Amazon Prime, you have to tune in next week.
1: I mean, I feel like we know the answer to this question. And I wouldn't say that you're technically paying for Amazon Prime since you're just doing repeat free trials, but, you know, semantics, Zach, semantics.
0: Well, you know, um, take what you can get, but... (laughs) Uh, Well, thanks for joining us today, everyone. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into everything from Gabe's vitamins on Amazon to, to how companies like Walmart and Amazon are leveraging their customer data to improve that customer experience. Like I said, join us next week as we shift focus to customer retention strategies and talk a little bit about Uh, you know, Gabe and I are watching on Netflix these days. But as always, feel free to connect with Gabe and myself on LinkedIn, or visit our website to send us a message. That's all for this week. My name is Zach joined today by Gabe, and we'll talk soon.